Hey there, John. We have come to the end of the road. How does it feel? I know. Uh, I am a little sad. It's been a it's been a crazy week, but uh, it's been a fascinating week. Um, super busy. I'm I'm tired. I'm looking forward to catching up on sleep this weekend. But yeah, I'm a little sad. Like it feels, you know, the energy here is great, and uh, it feels, um, you know, like doing important stuff. How about you? Yeah, I feel that too. This, I mean, we've been looking forward to this for a really long time. So yeah, maybe melancholy is the word. Right. Um, could be just a lack of sleep but, uh, playing playing havoc with your emotions. Could be, could be <laughs> that absolutely is right. I mean, what, so what are your I don't know, high high level reflections from high level week? Um, I've got a few actually. Um, I think I think the the, the big ones are um, I am a little worried about the future of the UN. It it I don't know how you feel about it, but this vibe this week felt very. Like um, everyone was kind of aware that the UN's um, influence, its power is on the wane uh, and people are trying to save it. People are trying to re-energize it and people are, you know, hopeful for sure. But I think there's an understanding that, you know, the way the world is going, um, you know, regionalization and, and kind of fr- fragmenting that the UN, it's getting harder and harder to get things done through the UN. So I picked that up this week. Um, and then I think the other thing that I picked up is the um, the power of coordinated messaging? We we went we had this. You don't get to see it generally, but we we went to uh, you know so many events over the last four days. Um, some with the same people, but with, with with people in the same kind of governments or the same you know the same thought processes. And you hear Janet Yellen saying a line, and then you know three hours later you hear Joe Biden say the exact line in in anger, and then you hear Zelensky say it straight after that, and then you say another you hear another minister say that line, and it's. You kind of in isolation, you might not notice, but when you're kind of really in it for a week, you notice like, oh wow, the, that's that's how coordinated press messaging goes. I found that quite interesting too. That is very interesting. So, well, what was the most interesting conversation you either had or conversation you heard, and who was the most interesting person you met? Um, it's a good question. I don't want to. I don't want to sort of. Throw anyone else, and choose. yeah. Throw anyone else under the bu- <laughs> under the bus. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it generic. And I'll say I had a really great chat with um, some of the Bloomberg team um, reporters and on the business side on uh, on Tuesday. Kind of just wanted to kind of ask them how they go about their business. You know, we're a scrappy startup here, trying to do do work that they've been doing for a long time. And I I found it really interesting to get their their takes on. Uh, why they were covering the UN. I mean, obviously they're a news organization, but mm. they were covering it from a business perspective much more. And like, it was interesting to see their angle because we cover it from geopolitics. Um, so that was kind of a very interesting conversation. Yeah. That's that's funny you mentioned Bloomberg because uh, one of my favorite moments of the week, I was just standing in one of the very small press areas that uh, are cordoned off and um, sort of the way that if you've ever seen... Um, uh, a, a farm where, where cattle go and, uh, really jam packed. That's sort <laughs> a of the vibe. Yard. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I was I was standing there, and all of a sudden, Mayor Mike Bloomberg, uh, former oh. New York City mayor. Oh my god! Okay, well you've just by. you've just one upped me there. I was I was speaking to his minions. <laughs> yeah, and then the Dominican president came by, uh, passed Mayor Bloomberg, and said, "Oh, Mr. Bloomberg." Uh, I'm the president of the Dominican Republic. You may not remember me, but we met at a parade in the Dominican Republic a few years ago. And he said, the people of the Dominican Republic really appreciate all that you're doing. 
And Mayor Bloomberg said, thank you. And that was the end of the conversation. Wow. Uh, very strange, sort of surreal. Do we moment. know what Bloomberg's doing in the Dominican Republic? Is he, I presume he's donating money to some something or something. Send, or other. Yeah, sending Bloomberg terminals um, you know, <laughs> out, of, out of the good High of frequency heart. traders yeah. down there in, uh, in the Dominican. Exactly. <laughs> did you have a favorite moment or, or soundbite? Yeah, I actually did have a favorite soundbite. I think it was from Zelensky's main speech to Unger on uh, Tuesday. I'm getting a little, uh, I'm not sure what day it is. And, and Zelensky's made so many remarks. I, I'm not sure if it was then, but he said something about trusting Putin. Summit. And I am aware of the attempts to make some shady dealings behind the scenes. Evil cannot be trusted. Ask Prigozhin if one bets on Putin's promises. It's exact. That's the that one. Isn't is that a good line? A good line. Yeah, <laughs> I heard that from the gallery, and uh, that you couldn't you couldn't pick it up in the audio there, but there was a bit of a gasp across the room. Was there? Yeah. Well, I also heard. Um, you know, speaking about coordinated messaging, I heard Hillary Clinton say some some derivation of the same uh, the same line in her in her remarks in the Clinton Global Initiative event. So they're obviously trading notes. Um, but I mean, enough about me. I was I was kind of stuck in a hotel room for a lot of the a lot of the week punching out the newsletter. You have been rubbing shoulders with the rich and well, maybe not so the rich, but rich and famous, famous, di- diplomatically Bloomberg. rich. Bloomberg's rich. Yeah, there you I mean, go. <laughs> Did you have fun? Oh, I, I had a blast. I had a blast. I won't say it was always easy or pleasant. No, I definitely won't say that the security environment is especially friendly to journalists, but. It, it was really cool. Uh, I mean, I got, I got to speak to so many people about such a wide range of issues. So for, you know, a geopolitics nerd like me, like all of us at Intrigue, it really is as, as cool as it gets. I mean, just yesterday, I got to sit in a press conference room and ask the Jordanian foreign minister a question. Oh, really? You, you didn't tell me that. That's super cool. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard what he said. Do you, do you have a clip of, of your question? Oh, yeah. You bet. And, and for the minister, I'm wondering if you could speak to the state of minister-level relations with the Israeli government right now. Are you in touch with Minister Cohen on a regular basis? Well, as uh, as we continue with our efforts to uh, move forward with the with the with 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 uh, uh, the political process and ensure a reinvigoration of the peace uh, uh, process, we are engaged with all parties, including with the Israelis. Uh, uh, we're talking to everybody. We're working with the Americans, with the Europeans. We're working with the Israelis. We're in full coordination with the Palestinians, with the other Arab countries, Egypt, and others, uh, to try and find a political horizon. And not too long ago this year, we. We hosted the Aqaba uh, uh, meeting, which continued into a meeting in Sharm el-Sheikh, uh, where we were able to have the Palestinians and Israelis sit across each other uh, for the first time in over 10 years with the regional presence represented by Jordan and Egypt and our national presence represented by the United States. So, yes, we are engaged with the Israeli government, and yes, we uh, talk about uh, and work about and work for uh, Uh, ending the deterioration, the very dangerous deterioration that we see uh, mounting every day and as we work for uh, creating political horizons to uh, move forward beyond uh, this very, very dangerous situation and restore hope and restore faith in the peace process. I I mean, I also got to ask right before that, uh, the UN's Palestinian Refugee Agency Commissioner General a question uh, about conditions in refugee camps. 
you know, these are the questions that we think about while we're writing the newsletter every day. So it, it was fascinating to get the info straight from the source. Yeah. Well, I can also tell you that in, in uh, just about a decade of uh, diplomatic service, I don't think I got that kind of access once. So you're doing pretty well, Larry. Then well done. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think I think I think more broadly, it goes to kind of just show what I think is the real value of Unger, um, and that is having this many people in town for the same week every year. They know they're going to be here, so they can you know do all these meetings, give all these press conferences, organize these events, really get all the people in the room that matter to these issues um, in the same place to have conversations. Um, I think one UN, uh, one UN official said that uh, there was something like 30,000 people passing through the UN building during during the course of the week. Um, you know, so that that kind of gives you a flavor for the chaos of the event. Um, but it's, and it's, and all the issues, you know, everyone's coming in there from climate NGOs through that. We talked about AI in the newsletter, you know, any, any issue that is of importance to the world, someone's there talking about it. Um, and they're all in the same place at the same time. So it's, it's kind of cool, really. Yeah. I guess that's why we call it, uh, the Super Bowl. We started this week with, with a few big questions about the UN. Uh, you even pondered aloud if, the UN would still exist in 20 years. I did. I've taken I'm not heat ask for you that. that question. <laughs> Understandably. I won't ask you specifically about that. You know, it's a hypothetical, but I will ask, should the UN exist in 20 years? <laughs> oh yeah. That's much easier to answer, right? That won't get me in trouble. Um, well, actually it, it is an easier question because yes, the, the UN I think should exist or at least the idea, the spirit, the kind of uh, the purpose the UN was set up for that that should certainly exist. Um, whether it will or not, who knows? But uh, you know, I've been thinking more broadly, Ethan, this week quite, quite a lot. I think we talked about this as well, um, just about the state of our institutions in general. And by by ours, I mean kind of you know the Western world, the liberal world, the international community, all of these organizations that kind of got set up um, after World War II or, or, or around then. Um, and I kind of just I kind of just wonder if they're if they're fit for purpose anymore. Um, I, I certainly don't think we should get rid of them and I'm fundamentally a kind of a if if it ain't broke, don't change it, don't fix it kind of guy. Um, but being at the UN this week, I, I do wonder if it's broken. Um, it feels like the pace of change in the modern world with with technology we talked about AI, but just climate change, all these kinds of things. Um, it just feels like um, the the institutions we have are not massively well equipped to deal with them, and and I think there's this sense that you know these institutions are just the way they are, and that you know you can't change them, you can't redo them, you can't rebuild them. You know they were handed down from from someone on high, and and that's what we've got stuck with. But they weren't right. Like all of these things, even the U.S. government, all everything that we sort of know in terms of governance was invented by people to meet a certain moment in time because the situation demanded it, um, you know, revolution, world wars, whatever it was. So I kind of feel like maybe climate change and um, the tech revolution, the coming AI, all this kind of stuff, just it, it might be time for us to rethink how we organize governing ourselves. But, you know, that's that's very esoteric philosophical questions for uh, for the end of the week. And it's probably, I'm probably not making much sense given the state of my, my brain at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are great questions. I, I'm asking, uh, the question that's on my mind is sort of the inverse, which is, is the UN doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing? I mean, I, I was disappointed not to get access to a lot of the rooms that I wanted to go into, but it made me think that 
that's exactly the right sort of thing. I mean, there's important conversations happening there. Yes. And even if there aren't important conversations happening there, the fact that so many people from around the world are able to gather in one place and just pass each other in the hallways and just share a meal, have a laugh. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's exactly what the UN is supposed to be. Yeah. So you, so that sounds like you're coming away from, uh, from this week, uh, optimistic. I think so. I think so. Cautiously. Oh my God. Well, uh, what have we done to you? (laughs) And I, I don't have much information to base that off of, but I'm choosing to be optimistic. That's great. I'm, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with your optimism. I think we can work with that. That's a that's a great way to end the week, man. <laughs> well, then we'll end it there. Thank you very much, Ethan. I've, and and just a quick note, I've enjoyed being on this uh, every day with you. It's been great to debrief. So so thanks for thanks for the chat. It's been fun. Mm-hmm.